Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. Uh, my name is Reese, and this is going to be a diversion away from the coronavirus updates section of the podcast. Um, we are going to be going back to the 2020 visions section of the podcast and um, episode 15 this one just to remind us all that there is still actual politics going on rather than uh, responses to the coronavirus pandemic Um, there is still a race for the 2020 democratic nominee although it now looks like it's pretty much all over Um, and there is still of course looking likely to be the 2020 presidential election. The only reason I say looking likely is that very recently, uh, the last couple of days, Dr. Anthony Fauci actually casting some doubt on whether the um, the race uh, or the election itself, sorry, would be able to take place under normal circumstances. And now with uh, Donald Trump and other Republicans being very adamant about the need for ID and in-person voting, uh, could well be thinking of some congressional motions uh, coming out of Republicans to try and uh, delay this election. But I don't think that is looking likely. I think we are still almost overwhelmingly likely, and it is still um, written into federal law that the election will be happening on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Um, so, there is still politics going on, uh, as this episode will probably be titled. Um, and for the Democrats in 2020... It is now almost unthinkable to have any nominee other than Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Um, The vice president under Barack Obama for eight years, a senator um, from uh, from Delaware, I believe, for a long, long time, born uh, born and raised in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Um, Joe Biden is basically the Democratic nominee. Technically, Bernie Sanders is still putting up a fight. Um, Technically, Bernie Sanders' name will remain on the ballot paper, but it is all but a formality for Joe Biden to go to the Democratic convention in, uh, I believe, Milwaukee. It's currently scheduled to be the 17th of August, and the week thereafter, um, and to go there and to become the nominee for president. In the last couple of days, the former vice president has been endorsed by a slew of leading Democrats. So we've had Bernie Sanders, who, of course, has now suspended his campaign uh, and uh, endorsed Joe Biden on a live stream. Uh, Obviously, everyone being very careful to avoid these gatherings now, especially if they're in the vulnerable category, as both Biden and Sanders are due to the coronavirus. Um, Then we had, uh, again, Another leading contender for the Democrats, Elizabeth Warren, um, someone who's thought of as another Bernie ally. Now Bernie's dropped out. Uh, Warren can throw a weight behind Joe Biden. Um, And then in probably the most important endorsement Joe Biden will receive, um, certainly up to now and probably out of all the Democrats, um, former President Barack Obama. Um, obviously, Obama was Biden's president when he was uh, uh, when he was um, vice president for eight years, from two thousand and nine to two thousand seventeen, um, winning the two thousand eight two thousand and twelve elections as a joint ticket. Um, and 
Obama still holding sway with a lot of Democrats and some of those uh, swing voters who, of course, went from Obama to Trump because there were a lot of people who had to do that just because, um, well, just because that's the way the elections went. Um, What that means is that now it's time to try and find out who Joe Biden's vice presidential pick will be. Obviously, the the probably one of the most important decisions a presidential candidate makes. It can make or break a campaign. Sometimes uh, if you pick a vice president who looks uh, underqualified, underprepared, um, as George W. Uh, George H. W. Bush did with Senator Dan Quayle, um, it can make your ticket look weaker. Um, despite Bush going on to beat the Dukakis ticket uh, in the 1988 election, um, and if you pick a vice president who balances out your your presidential characteristics um, in, in terms of age, experience, um, regional representation just as Senator Kennedy or John F. Kennedy did, uh, a northeastern Democrat picking uh, the southern, very experienced Senate Majority Leader Lyndon Johnson as his vice president, it can enhance your ticket um, in ways that you didn't think could have even have been possible. So this vice presidential pick will be a big decision for Joe Biden. What we do know is that... It will most likely be a woman. Now, Joe Biden, in the final debate up to this point, uh, did say that his vice president would most likely be a woman. And I think we are now pretty certain that because of that commitment, he will have to choose a woman to run as his vice president. And there are lots of good candidates. Um, People who ran in the presidential race like Kamala Harris, um, like Elizabeth Warren. Amy Klobuchar, um, you have people like Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, uh, Stacey Abrams, um, Senator Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin, uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth. Um, she is from, um, I can't actually remember which uh, which state she's from, she's from Illinois. Uh, and then you have uh, the former Georgia gubernatorial candidate, uh, Stacey Abrams, you have uh, people like Catherine Cortez Masto, um, and then Michelle Lujan Grisham, or Michelle Grisham there. And um, then you have some smaller representatives uh, and other candidates. And then you have the real wild card picks that people are still throwing about the names of, um, still throwing about the names of people like Alessandria Ocasio Cortez, um, still throwing about the names of um, well, Michelle Obama, even, uh, although that's looking. Not particularly like um, a ticket that's going to be emerging. Another uh, Obama-Biden ticket would be, um, well, would be quite interesting. But um, let's go through some of those choices. So Senator Kamala Harris from California. She is at the top of many people's vice presidential lists for good reason. Um, So she was shown to be quite a strong competitor in the primary, she actually went after Joe Biden on, a, on one of the debate stages and uh, is now, uh, well, representing California in the Senate and was previously the state's attorney general. Um, she 
uh, well, she has reconciled with um, with Joe Biden after sort of going after her, uh, going after him, sorry, early in the campaign. Um, and her appearances on the uh, Judiciary Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee, um, when questioning Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, uh, has really brought her some attention. She is a fighter. She can sort of satisfy the, the base of the Democratic Party by attacking um, the sort of enemy, as some people in the political world would see it. She can go after and be the attack dog, whilst Biden can sort of set up his stall as the unity candidate, um, something that Biden really wants to do. So it'd be quite handy to have Harris on, um, well, on his team. Um, however, she is from California, and California is, uh, well, it's a Democrat state. If California goes Republican, then it will be one of the biggest shocks in recent electoral history. So her geographical position doesn't really merit her as a candidate. She wouldn't be one of the people who could bring along a state that wouldn't necessarily go Demo uh, wouldn't necessarily go Democrat anyway. Um, it does mean, however, that the Senate seat she vacates would be easily filled by the Democrats. But when you're looking for someone to bring along extra electoral votes as they join a ticket, um, California is not one that the Democrats need to win because they've already really got it. Moving on to another competitor, Senator Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. Now, geographically, whilst Kamala Harris was a definite uh, the Democrats have this seat, Minnesota... In order to win the presidency, Biden has to win back the Midwest. Um, Klobuchar has already really thrown her weight onto the Biden ticket and has really helped Joe Biden. When she dropped out just before um, Super Tuesday, uh, he was boosted up the polls in her home state on that Super Tuesday. And indeed, he went on to win Minnesota, I believe. Um, Joe Biden has credited her with his key win in that state. Um, she could do the same in Wisconsin, in Michigan, the states sort of around Minnesota. Um, she is really campaigning on an issue of electability in an area where the Democrats really, really need it. Um, of course, Minnesota is a bluer state than Michigan and Wisconsin. Um, it is a slightly safer uh, to say that that will go Democrat than to say that Michigan and Wisconsin will go Democrat in the November election. But um, Amy Klobuchar won far more counties in Minnesota when she ran for the Senate in 2018 than Hillary Clinton won in the 2016 presidential election. So she could still tip uh, people over into that um, into that category. Um, she is a good match for Biden ideologically. Uh, she's also a lot younger than Biden. She is, what, nearly 20 years younger than Biden. However, she does have her political baggage. She has passed allegations of mistreatment of staff, although her voters didn't really seem to care about that when she was running for president. However, she does have a phenomenal lack of traction in uh, African-American communities. And although Biden is strong there, can't hurt to have a vice presidential candidate who is also strong in that area because those communities are now helping to decide the election. The minority vote in America is an ever-increasing number. 
soon. Um, we are estimating in a couple of census data's time um, that the number of overall, the quote, minority vote, to use a crude phrase, will be larger than the white vote. So it can't hurt to have extra traction in that area. Another candidate for vice president, governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. Now, she has been getting a lot of attention as the serving governor of Michigan um, because Donald Trump has been going after her a little bit in the last couple of weeks and months, really. Um, they've been at loggerheads, really, about the responses to uh, oh, all the responses uh, to the coronavirus in Michigan. Um, she has become this fixation of Trump. Of Trump, uh, she's attempted to be getting more federal aid and more healthcare or personal protective equipment for her state. Um, she's not the only governor to be calling for more help. There are Democrats and Republicans calling for help, but Trump has reserved some of the worst uh, insults to Gretchen Whitmer. Um, she's been on Biden's podcast. Um, she is from Michigan. Again, a key swing state that the Democrats need to win. Um, it would be an asset to have Gretchen Whitmer on the Biden ticket. However, she has seemingly admitted that the candidate will not going uh, will not be her. Um, and uh, really, this would be a big seat to lose in terms of her governorship. Of, of Michigan if um, if she were to take the vice presidential ticket because Michigan again it's a hard state for Democrats to win right now again they lost it in the um, presidential election um, and it was a hard gubernatorial seat to win so would they jeopardize it by taking Gretchen Whitmer off if she were to become vice president we just don't know so move on to another candidate another person who challenged uh, Joe Biden in the primaries uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. Elizabeth Warren is a progressive. That is possibly the key selling point of Elizabeth Warren's candidacy for the position of vice president. Um, she has endorsed Joe Biden, um, and she would probably be quite a good candidate to add to her uh, to his vice presidential list. Um, Warren might be a choice for sort of uniting the ideological wings of the party and it would give a steer on where this Biden administration would be willing to go in terms of policy. Um, however, what we have here, if there would be a Biden-Warren ticket, are two sort of northeastern white Democrats. Um, electorally, it may make more sense to go with um, a woman of colour, uh, a moderate from the Midwest, rather than someone who is, well, an unapologetic liberal uh, representing this northeastern democratic stronghold. Um, just to move on, I'm going to do two more. I'm going to do two more, and they are going to be Stacey Abrams, the former gubernatorial candidate for Georgia, and Ale uh, Alessandra Ocasio-Cortez. Um, let's start with AOC. AOC, liberal firebrand right now. She is 
many for many people at the heart of the Democratic Party. She is a representative in the House of Representatives for for New York, um, and she was a big supporter of Bernie Sanders. Now, to get her onto the Biden ticket would definitely bring progressives. Definitely, one hundred percent. She is um, sort of some hero figure on the left wing of the Democratic Party. She has been painted as an extremist by the centrists and the right. Um, and she does carry with her that sort of lingering threat of uh, just a full frontal Trump attack that works. And she fights back. She'd definitely be a good attack dog. She's got uh, qualities like Kamala Harris for that. But she has been sort of portrayed as what the Democratic Party is about. So Trump has already used her as a point of attack for, well, for his attacks on the Democratic Party. He wants the Democrats to be thought of as the the party of the quad, sort of uh, those four um, female representatives who he attacked, uh, I believe, after the, the, the travel ban comments, although I can't quite remember um, when it was in particular he attacked them. Um, he wants the Democratic Party to look like that. He wants them to go up against so would it be sensible to fall into a playbook that trump already has a play-by-play strategy for we don't know we just don't know finally um stacy abrams the former gubernatorial candidate for georgia and i've left her till last because i think she's she's an early front runner um face it she is much younger than joe biden she nearly won a gubernatorial seat in the South. Georgia had not had a Democratic governor for decades. Um, still doesn't because unfortunately she lost, or unfortunately the Democrats, she lost. Um, but she came mighty, mighty close. Um, she is young. She is black. She is uh, along the same sort of consensus lines as Joe Biden. Uh, she's a passionate public speaker. She's got energy. She has a following. And she is already a national name. Right now, to me, she's an early front runner. Also, she's from the South. She is from an area where the Democrats need to win. She's from an area where the Democrats need to expand their base into. Um, it is going to be interesting to see what does happen uh, with this vice presidential selection. Essentially, there are three types of choice or four types of choice. You pick... Um, Someone from a safe seat who really maybe unites the party in terms of the wings of the party, but possibly doesn't offer too much outreach to the centre, Elizabeth Warren. Um, You pick someone from a safe seat who can attack, um, someone from a safe state who possibly could bring across people from the other side and will secure the wings of your party in Kamala Harris. You pick someone from the Midwest um, someone who has a strong following where they are, maybe it doesn't translate nationally, and maybe they're a slightly small name, people like Klobuchar and Whitmer. Or you go for someone from the South, again, just like the Midwest, another area the Democrats need to um, advance in, who is, again, a big name, uh, or at least a national name, and has the potential to be a polar opposite on your ticket and can bring across people both from the Democrat side and possibly from the Republican side. It's a big decision, and it will probably shape the 2020 campaign. Now, this campaign is going to be 
a bit different, especially because of the way it starts. But this section of the podcast, the 2020 Vision segment, will be around to give you updates on that. So without any further ado, uh, I'm going to end this section of the podcast uh, because I have overrun. I'm sorry about that, but there was a lot to be said. There were a lot of very good candidates for vice president, and there are some I haven't quite got around to mentioning yet. I'm sure I will at some point. Anyway. That is all the time we have today on the Politics Unbox podcast. I want to thank you very much for listening. I will see you around again soon for the next one. And goodbye. Mm-hmm.